Hi, welcome to the Penis Project podcast. This is the place to come to find out everything you've always wanted to know about men's health but were too embarrassed to ask. Join physiotherapist Dr. Joe Milios and sexologist nurse practitioner Melissa Hadley-Barrett as they talk to real men and the experts about men's private parts. Have a burning question you really want to know the answer to? Please subscribe to our website at thepenisproject.org and ask us. The length, while the greater the strength, the more time I've got for you. There's too much talking, texting, tweeting, posting. Too much noise altogether. In silence is strength and peace and space. Imagine silence forever. Project Podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by PROST, Exercise for Prostate Cancer Incorporated, a not-for-profit charity set up in 2012 by myself, Dr. Joe Millers. If you want to know any more information about PROST, including our online service now available, please just go to prost.com.au. PROST means cheers to your health, so PROST to you. Hi, welcome to the Penis Project podcast. Today, we're going to be talking to Prince and his mum, Penelope. Hello. Hello. How are you going today, guys? Yeah, good, 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 good. That's good. Thanks so much for coming in to share your story. What we're going to let, um, I think, Prince do is give us a little bit of a rundown of why he came into the physiotherapy office to see me about two months ago. So Prince, yeah, just a little bit of background on, on what was going on for you as a 19-year-old young man. So about about two months ago, um, I was in the shower and I, I actually looked down at my penis and realised that there was a bit of a curve where there wasn't one before. And um, I just thought it was not on like that, like not yeah, like what that was before. going on, yeah. Yeah, I did not know what was going on. So I don't know, I, looked up some research and um, something called Peyronie's, I didn't really know how to pronounce it at the time, but yeah, that come up and I thought, like, because I didn't have a feel around and there was a bump, there was a little bump there, like, as it is the growth there. Yeah, that yeah. That makes the curve. And Can I just ask a quick question? Yeah. Was it erect or flaccid when you erect. were looking? Okay. Yes. Yeah. In the shower it was erect, yes. yeah? Yeah, that's what boys do in the shower. Yes. Yeah, have yeah. a good feel. Yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, um... I really did not know who to tell but, but my girlfriend at the time and like she didn't really know what to do so then I, I'm comfortable enough to talk to my mum about these things and I approached her and asked could you help me like can we go to a urologist and get this sorted. So just I'm going back one step Prince, did you happen to notice any or recall anything that might have started off that situation for you? Was um, there an injury or anything that you could remember? Um, not that I no, not not really that I could remember. I maybe maybe I could have had an injury. Yeah. And what would that maybe have been? Do you think? Um, during sex, during sexual intercourse. Yeah, so that's a really common thing to have, and it's called a coital fracture. Yeah. But it doesn't need to be a true fracture. So a true coital fracture is definitely memorable in that um, it tends to be while um, sexual activity is on its way, and there's a sudden shift or change in direction of the pe the erect penis. Um, with their partner and I've got patients who are both you know heterosexual and, and um, homosexual bisexual uh, it's just when the penis is erect and there's a sudden change of direction this coital fracture um, can be mild moderate or severe 
The really severe ones, there's an audible pop and bruising and notable bleeding. The more mild ones might be something like, oh, that hurt like momentarily or just for a few seconds and you wouldn't have really even thought too much of it. Was that, where, where do you think your sort of situation fit there maybe? Um, really like, oh, um, I've got a bit of pain, a little bit of pain, like it, just, it was a bit uncomfortable while having sexual intercourse and yeah, I just didn't want any of it, didn't really like it. So where the when you felt down and the bump was there, how far down the shaft was it? Halfway um, or at yeah, an about, end? About, about halfway, halfway. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And which direction was your penis bending? Um, down to the left. Okay. Down to the left. And um, if you could sort of guesstimate that, so when we, when we think about what Peroni's disease or curvature of the penis actually is, just to explain, it's a bit of, um, well, we call it penile deformity, and it can be anything from a curve to a hinge to an indentation to a waistband appearance, but anything that's literally not normal for you is a concern, but a change to the shape. And Peroni's disease was named after Napoleon's personal physician who must have diagnosed it in a very famous patient um, in 1743 but it's a condition that's actually very under known and when I was doing my research it was sort of suggested that there was about one percent of men that might have this condition but in reality it's actually more like ten percent so we really want to cover this topic broadly um, over the next few um, podcasts because along with changes to the penis is changes to the male self-esteem and you know, one of the critical things we want to do is make sure that we address problems early. And that's why we're talking about it in our podcasts. And um, Prince, you know, was a rare exception. I'm going to um, hand over to Prince's mum for a moment now. Um, Penelope, would you like to recall what happened that day when Prince came to talk to you? Uh, actually, Prince um, called me one day and um, said to me that he was having problems with his penis and that he had a bit of a lump there and of course being a mum you know being the mum I was uh, a little bit stressed and he said you know I think I know what it is I've had a look and and um, you know googled it and, and it looks like it might be this Peroni's yep, disease yep. so straight away as soon as I got off the phone I'm googling and <laughs> having a look and, yeah. and you know so we went to the GP and and went and had an ultrasound and it was diagnosed and at the start Prince was quite upset um, and emotional about what was happening um, but I am really proud of Prince for the way that he's handled the situation and um, you know early detection is so so good with this and and yeah, it was really good that he come to me and, and we got straight on to it. So. It was wonderful. So you went, did you go to the GP together? Yes. Yeah, we went yep. to the GP together and, and um, you know, had a bit of a chat and the actual GP said to us that she had seen it once and I think she'd been a GP for about 25 years. Really? Well, she's, and yeah. she said she'd only seen it once and it was only a couple of weeks beforehand okay. with an old, elderly man. Right. And um, so she's, she said to us, you know, it probably won't be, but we'll send Prince for an ultrasound Okay. And see. So that was happened. good. So I'm Maybe. curious about Prince. How, what happened when you were, like, growing up? You obviously have a really, like, open relationship. Is that you've always talked about sex at home and things like that has been fine? Or how did you come to, you know, it's obvious, it's great that you're, so, yeah, yeah, that you're so yeah. 
confident to talk to your mum about it. So how did your mum, I'm sure other mothers listening would like to know, how do you end up having your 19-year-old come and tell you that sort of thing? I don't know, I just really love my mum. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know... We have had some hard times in the past. Yeah. yeah. So, but, yeah, it's, you know, with with Prince and and his brothers, you know, I've always been there, you know, we need to be there for their good times and their bad times and, and at the age that Prince is being, um, you know, 19, um, his mental health is... I mean, it's important at any age. It's actually it's, everything, isn't yeah. it? You want to see your boys thrive. Yeah. I've actually spent the whole day at hospital with my 19-year-old son for something completely unrelated, and it, it's been a pretty tough day. You don't like to see your children suffer, no matter yeah. how old they are. The umbilical cord is still still intact, isn't it? Absolutely. But he's just, you know, handled this so well and and with, with such maturity and... I'm very proud. So, Prince, how did your girlfriend deal with it when you told her what was going on? Um, yeah, my girlfriend was very, she was very helpful. Like, she she was just with me 100%. She was like, yeah, I'm going to be with you there every step of the way. She really helped me a lot. Great. She helped me a lot. And I remember, um, Prince, we only actually had done a little bit of physiotherapy and I think it was even the second time you came to see me and... Um, there you were in just this full decked out kit, head to toe, and you said, it's my birthday and my girlfriend's got me all these clothes and you were just yeah. so happy. He was like, she loves me so much. I'm like, of course she does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got spoiled. You got spoiled and yeah. so you should have, um, Prince. Now, I just want to go back to when you went to see the GP. So you went to the GP together and the GP recommended you go and have a scan and the scan was called a penile duplex Doppler scan and that was at a special clinic. And do you remember, can you talk us through what that actual test involved, Prince? Um, basically just a normal ultrasound. Yeah, basically because I had, in the past, I've, I've had my appendix taken out. And I've right. Ultrasound. It's basically exactly the same process. And did, yeah. How did you feel when they told you they were going to put the ultrasound probe on the shaft of your penis? I, I didn't mind. No. I mean, I just wanted to get... I just wanted to know what's you happening. Wanted an answer. I mean, at, at that point, I, I had an idea of what, what was happening. Yeah, you'd read, read hadn't you? I didn't know fully. I just, I just wanted to know and get it sorted. Good on you. And the ultrasonographer, I think that's how you got to end up being referred on to see myself. Yeah. So that pathway, would you remember what he sort of had mentioned to you about why physiotherapy might have a role to play? And um, Penelope, were you there at that scan or...? Yeah, I was in the waiting room. I didn't actually go okay. to this. So Prince might be able to share with us. Um, the sonographer actually was someone that has worked with me in my research. So he'd actually um, been very positive and supportive of my random control trial. When I needed um, participants, um, I think of the 46 I had recruited, probably 30 came from him actually because mm -hmm. he'd worked in the field for over 25 years and was pretty impressed with the early results that we were getting because he was seeing change from the ultrasound application. So do you recall having that conversation about maybe there's some physio that might help? Did that seem strange? Um, no, no, it didn't really seem strange. It just seemed like someone who wanted to help, really. He just got a sticky note and said, this person has dealt with this before, yep. about this before, and it has helped a lot. And I recommend it to you. And, yeah, it, it has helped. Great. So that brings me to the wonderful day, Not just, not even, just two months ago, it was actually a very early morning appointment. It was uh, 6 a.m. or 6.30, 
and you were my first appointment of the day and I was actually totally shocked to see a young man sitting here with his mum. I was a little bit thrown because I thought, um, I'm not sure how I'm quite going to work this one out. So I casually mentioned, hi, introducing myself. Um, would you both like to come into the appointment? And Prince was quite affirmative that he was happy for his um, mum to be there. So that's when I almost bought a tear to my eye, actually. I was like... Oh my goodness, what do we have here? A pretty special mother-son relationship. So how did that first session go? Do you recall Penelope? Uh, I was really nervous for Prince um, coming in here, but you were so very um, positive and, you know, said that there was lots of options that we could take um, yeah. to help Prince. So, um, yeah, it was, and, and Prince felt a lot better after seeing you. Uh, because, you know, at the start we we didn't really know. I was ringing uh, specialist rooms even before I had, you know, been back to the GP to right. find out who – we didn't know where you to go. You were trying to explore really, on your own. Yeah, and it was good when we had the ultrasound done yep. that we were given your name to come here because we actually didn't know what to do or yeah. where to go with mm. this. So, Melissa, do you want to talk a little bit about how – typical Peroni's management has been in the past. Yeah, so my ultrasound study was only published on the 8th of August 2020, so the opportunity to, I guess, have patients receive ultrasound has been very new. It's only been built on case studies in the past, so my random control trial is actually only, you know, two months in the knowing. So your, your own um, professional work in this field, do you want to tell us a little bit about... Well, to be honest, even though I'm a sexologist, I haven't seen much Peronis either because it's not that common. So, I mean, in the past, the way that we've treated it, and we still do, is using a vacuum pump to stretch. But that's usually in older guys because older guys get, like, they don't have their nocturnal erections anymore, so therefore they get some build-up and some scar tissue like you had and then using a vacuum pump and taking a medication called Tadadafil helps and there's also other options like the injection who I can never remember the name is that's the one yeah um, which you can have but that costs about $1,800 an injection so that's a really expensive way of dealing with it there's also some traction devices that you can buy to try and straighten it out but the research on that looks pretty dodgy it doesn't actually look like well, they do that it's, it's actually okay but the problem is with the traction devices they have to actually wear them for eight to twelve hours a day and it's a pretty barbaric looking gadget and you mm, can't really sleep with it yeah. i don't think so yeah. um guys can do but um the truth is that there's been a it's been a very confounding condition to treat. Yeah. And so what happens is we have all these options, but they're only being considered to be 30 to 40% effective across the board. And there's also surgery as well, which can help, but then it can also cause more scar tissue. And, yeah, there really hasn't been a... Oh, there's also colchicine, which is another medication that some people... So there's been a lot of different things tried, but nothing really that's done fantastic. Yeah, and, and the true situation is, is, and this is where Prince is actually the perfect patient yet again because we know that there's an acute phase in Peronis and that can last up to 18 months and that's where there's pain and discomfort or there's change continuing on in the scar tissue develop that develops. So what surgeons don't want to do is start uh, doing surgery to fix this problem when it's still in its acute phase because this condition, Peronis, affects genetically susceptible individuals. So not everyone's going to have this scar tissue response.
but 10% of men will. Interestingly, there's another condition called Dupuytren's contracture, which is um, some ligamentous and tenderness um, changes in the hands and fingers, and that 48% of men who have that problem can also develop Prorone. So there's this genetic susceptibility in the background. There's also cardiovascular disease. So um, your heart health and your heart health, so your penile blood flow can be a mirror to your penile blood flow. But someone young like Prince is more likely to have had some sort of um, trauma. But the wonderful thing about Prince was he came to see me within three months of having that condition emerge. And we were able to work with a very soft, acute plaque that responded very quickly to the ultrasound, and that's really the key to it. Mm. If we'd had Prince come along seven years later with a hard calcified plaque, then we're going to potentially have to look at surgery, and surgery can then cause, cause penile shortening and more um, sort of erectile dysfunction, and, and that means that you might be left with having to have an implant, and that causes more so shortening and is not always the most desirable way to go. And when you're, when you're only 19 years of age, you don't want to start life off your sexual life. So I think the, the message here is, for anyone who's listening, is that be like Prince and come in as and see yeah, someone as soon as you can because it's like everything. The earlier you get it, the better. Yeah. So I want to focus a little bit more on the treatment we actually did, Prince. Um, so I provided the therapeutic ultrasound. At this stage, Penelope Pitstop said, I'll leave the room which um, I thought, yep, that's the appropriate thing to do. Um, with, with my assessment, I always put on a pair of gloves so that I've, um, I've made sure I've sterilised my hands, and then I asked the patient to actually describe where they've got that plaque themselves. Do you remember, yeah, was that a really awkward thing, having, you know, another person touch your privates? <laughs> I mean, um, j just to get this all sorted, not at all, I don't think so, no. And I, I, rather than me fiddling around on, with my gloved fingers, I like the patient to actually directly show me where they've noticed the plaque area. And that usually um, also correlates perfectly with where um, the bend is arising from. So if there's um, a plaque on the left side of the penis in one of the um, shafts, um, it tends to be curving to the left side um, and vice versa to the right. So with the ultrasound, we basically just applied the ultrasound to that plaque once Prince had identified, and I happened to be able to confirm that with the penile Doppler duplex ultrasound scan. So that, that was really good to have his um, subjective or personal input and compare that to the objective information as well as then my own medical assessment through palpation. So tell us about the first treatment, Prince. Uh, the first treatment, I was a bit nervous because I've never done anything like that before, but... I think I thought it was a great way to start something that I, I have and I was really stressed about you know, at that time. But yeah, I was I was really really happy. With what it. did it feel like? Like what does did you feel when the ultrasound was on on the shaft of your penis? Um, the first touch it was cold and then started to warm up. Mhm. Mm yeah. Did it ever get burning hot? No. No. And was it painful at all? No. No. Great. So basically what happened was Prince came along and he had three ultrasound sessions over about two weeks. But coincidingly around this time, I happened to purchase the low-intensity focal shockwave, which was a very scary purchase. It was a fairly expensive machine, but I felt that I needed to invest in it because I had quite a hunch that it was going to be far more effective than the ultrasound. So uh, in my random trial, I showed that if we did 12 sessions of ultrasound, usually two or three sessions per week, that we had a 70% improvement 
Um, and that was different things like penile curvature, pain. Usually within three sessions, the pain is um, completely resolved in my experience. But overall, 70% improvement in all the parameters, including something called the PDQ, which is the Peroni's Disease um, Distress Questionnaire. So, uh, yeah, we shifted you over to the shockwave. And uh, my many of my older patients commonly now refer to it as the prick machine. <laughs> um, how is that prick machine for you, Prince? Um, actually, I have a pretty high pain tolerance. So I, at times it was got a bit uncomfortable, but my leg, my legs start twitching. <laughs> Did yeah. it make a loud noise? Yes. Mm, that's the noise that, that I find off pudding. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sort of sounds like Woody Woodpecker, yeah. doesn't it? On your woodpecker. Yeah, on your woodpecker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. A prick to the prick, a woodpecker to the woodpecker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so in the end, we actually only needed three sessions of ultrasound and three sessions of shockwave. And how, yeah, how did all that go for you, Prince? Very well. It, I noticed change very quickly and I was very happy to come back and just keep doing it and make sure make sure i've got no no stress no worries about this coming back or whatever and great and i know that if it does come back i know i can rely and come back and yep so you're on a medication now aren't you so the gp put you on tadatafil uh cialis yep yep, yep. yep. so cialis is the would you say so it's a PDE5 medication, and the way that it works is it causes vasodilation. So you get extra blood flow into the penile tissue, and so more blood flow, more oxygen, and it just improves healing. So it's just like an adjunct, something that helps along the other treatments that you have. And the Cialis was taken off patency, so that means we now get the... So, yeah, so well, Cialis is now not on patent, so you can buy it cheap, and Tadatafil is the generic brand. So anyone who's used Cialis out there who's listening before, it used to be like $220 for 28 tablets, and now you can buy it for about $40 for 28 tablets, or you can buy a generic version made by a compounding pharmacist, even cheaper. So there's definitely options, and I think it's unfortunate, because I think a lot of people... It's a fantastic medication, but it was so expensive it was prohibitive before. So it's much better now. So it's great. And did you have any side effects from taking that medication? Um, no, not at all. No? no and you're still all. taking it now? Yes. Yeah. And have you noticed, is the curvature completely gone yes. now? Yes. I yeah. can't notice any curvature anymore now. Yeah. So my recommendation for that would be I would – I mean, you're a young, healthy guy, but I would continue to take that for just six months just so that you're improving the blood flow and making sure everything's good and then stop and see how you go. And is that a daily dose? A or? daily – a small daily dose or even second daily at your age. You could take – you're taking five milligrams? Yes. Yeah. You could go to second daily because Tadatafil stays in your system for 36 hours. Oh, okay. So if you took at your young age a daily, a second daily dose would be perfect. Yeah, that's a nice way of potentially just weaning off it as mm, well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, Prince, we had our last session. I've actually discharged you from my care. Yeah. I say the door is always open, but we had a lovely chat just last week, yeah. and that's when I invited you in here. And um, Prince disclosed to me that you know this has been pretty hard. Um, and a mental health level. And I want to delve into that a little bit more with you. And this is your story, Prince. So really would appreciate how, if you could be, you know, as open as you feel comfortable to be, just how how from beginning to now things have changed for you from that point of view. So roughly it was two years ago, um, my mum and dad had a breakup. Right. And um, just for me, that I, that was, it was really hard for me. 
it, like I, I'm just like obviously everyone deals with different situations differently and yeah. I'm just the person I'm just an emotional kid yeah and, a beautiful one <laughs> oh, thank you. oh thank you yeah um, and I pretty much just put it on my own shoulders like yeah and, and yeah I had some really tough times really really tough times and but like I always thought like there's always a light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. like, every day every day it, no matter how hard it gets every day can be, can get better and it will get better and has it? Yes. Yeah. So on um, New Year's Eve, I met my gorgeous girlfriend, and she's lighting up my world. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's nice. Mm. Yeah. And you talked to me a little bit, um, Prince, about how when times were bad, you could feel this tunnel of darkness, and you felt like, you know, it was potentially oh, too wow. difficult to get out of. Um, do you mind expanding on that a little bit again? So um, sometimes it gets to a point where it just there's something just t- you, you just go tunnel vision it just tunnels in just a one thing and like, it's very very hard at that stage to think anything otherwise. Yeah, it's very hard at that. To be, stage. Difficult to be optimistic. Yes, yes. And how did you work through that? Because I've only known you for th- two two months, um, and obviously things were a bit tough two years ago then you did a lot of wonderful things you know what 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 helped you as a young man deal with your mental health struggles at the time um really um i didn't really tell any of my friends or i didn't really tell my mum and dad i didn't really tell them about anything that i had gone on in my head mm-hmm. um so and then i finally come out and said i'm don't feel good and then my mum and dad helped me a lot great and yep. got me to uh, headspace which is really good for mental health issues and um yeah and I honestly it's not for everyone but people do go there and do it's a great yeah. service and yeah. did you find like did you find it talking to speaking with the psychologist was helpful then? um not not really for me I've, I felt that after that, I just felt, oh, I need to do something. I just went, and then I went to my mates, and I just, just one by one, each mate, I told oh. them and got support from my friends. You're a champion. Yeah, good on yeah. you. And how did your friends respond? Very, very supportive. Great. Very supportive for me. Yeah. Yeah. And what about now? How are you feeling now? Very happy. No, that's good. Very happy. Well done. Yeah. And I'm very happy because <laughs> I, I love nothing more than saying goodbye to a patient. Because I know that it's a bit of a team that most most patients that I get to work with have got a pretty tough um, men's health problem. It's a physical problem. I like to do my little bit and give you the tools to fix yourself. So I've had Prince um, doing a number of things, even like pelvic floor exercises, and really encourage blood flow. So I'm very happy for him to masturbate and do anything he wishes. He doesn't need to hold back from sexual activity. Exercise is great, keeping himself fit long-term, looking at the whole body health aspects of, you know, not not putting on weight and those all those sorts of things that encourage that sense of masculinity and self-esteem equally is important. And I guess that's another question I want to ask you about. Are you exercising much at the moment? Um, I've, I've been surfing quite a bit. Also, um, the job I have, it's very, very physical and like, it just helps me keep fit during Great. the day. Yeah. 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 You know how you said that you started feeling a bit sad a couple of years ago and then when you 
found out that you had Peronis, did that help have a dent in your in your mental health, or did um, you feel like you still had the tools just to deal with it? It sounds like you dealt with it amazingly. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, <laughs> I, just, I just kept to where I was when I was getting better, at, like out of that hole I was in. I, I just kept thinking that, and I, I just I just didn't let let it get to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you've obviously got some really good skills to deal with your mental health. Does surfing help? Yes, a lot. Every it's surfer I know, it's their escape. Yeah, it's pretty much just doing what you love, really. If you like going out in the water, if you like going for a walk in the morning. Doing what you love. Doing what you love, yeah. Uh, that's just so cool. Because we've got to do that. Like, I, I um, had the funniest thing yesterday. I was on my yoga mat. And at the um, Yoga Vine, who are a sponsor of our um, podcast as well, and I'm literally bursting out in laughter in the middle of the yoga class. And the teacher looked up at me like I was being quite inappropriate. Mm-hmm. What had happened is I'd been out the night before to an 18th birthday and I'd had one or two ones and then got the munchies. And what did I do? I filled up a plastic cup with twisties mm-hmm. and then I put, I gobbled up the twisties <laughs> like mad. And because I was having a little bit of a late night and then getting up early in the morning, I just kept my... Um, same lycra yoga top on, um, you know, wore that to bed, got up early in the morning, went off to do my yoga class and halfway through the yoga class in the middle of the downward dog, suddenly this twisty drops onto my mat <laughs> and I'm like, where did that come from? And then I got this flashback of me gobbling up all these twisties and all I could think to myself was, life's pretty straight without a twister. <laughs> And then what was even weirder is she sent me a photo of a yoga mat with a twisty on it and I was supposed to understand what was going on. <laughs> so, you know what, I'm always laughing at myself at this, the simple things and yoga is what I love and yoga teaches me and it taught me when I was going through some of my own mental health um, issues four or five years ago when my PhD was just not going ahead. I was having all sorts of troubles getting my work published and I just couldn't understand that Hera was trying so hard to help um, the men's health movement sort of drive forward and I was just getting rejection after rejection of my work and it was really tough. I felt really stuck. There was just so many blocks. But when when you feel stuck, it's really important to identify exactly what Prince just said. What do you love and who do you love? And connect with those people and connect with those things that just make you happy. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why I'm happy because um, Prince has made a wonderful um, sort of resolution of this problem. It's pretty rare that someone would completely resolve their peroneus disease within just six weeks from beginning to end. So we've um, pretty much hit a new bar there, pun intended. (laughs) Um, As we got chatting, actually, I looked down at um, Prince's notes and, my God, I've just had the most serendipitous revelation and that was... The day I saw you was the 8th of the 8th, 2020, and that was the day my paper got published. I found out later in the day. It just happened to be also the, wow. the day that my father-in-law chose as his birthday as a Greek um, man who actually never got to know his true birthday because of he was one of 13 children and his um, all his birth records got lost in the Greek Civil War. So, um, you know, the 8th of H is a pretty special day for me as well. So that was the day we met. Just you know, two months later, we're we're still having a story, but it's it's a really positive one. So um, I'm just so delighted that you, as a young man, are here with your mum Penelope, and you know we're just going to help 
thousands of guys all over the world just by chatting about it. So I think that this message that you've just given to everyone is go and get help early and don't be embarrassed to go and see someone about it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, because, you know, that's I think the biggest reason that men in particular don't get help and things get so far down the line is because they're too embarrassed to get help and you've gone and been so brave and asked early for help and you've had an amazing outcome. Yeah, and Penelope, do you have anything else you'd like to just share as a final statement as a mum? Oh yeah, I'm I'm just really grateful that um, that I've got boys that will come to me and that Prince come to me and and spoke about this and and you know it was early detection and and it's been treated and I think that's something that needs to get out there that you know things like this happen but it's better to get early treatment and I'm just very grateful that Kyle did it so early and and had a um, you know at the start it was uh, it was stressful for for Prince but um you know it's it's a positive that he got onto it and and now he's sharing his experience with others so others yeah. can learn and that is a pot of gold of its own yeah mm. well is there anything else you'd like to add Prince or you're pretty happy with what we've spoken about I'm very happy very mm. so, yes. Yeah. And thank you so, so much for what you've done for Prince and um, I really appreciate it and it's, it's fantastic that, you know, that you're getting it out there and, and uh, a lot of people, especially, you know, younger people mm. know about this because I've never, ever heard of it and, mm. you know, I'm, I'm so grateful we went to have the ultrasound done and that will give me a name because we just didn't know where to go. Yeah. And, you know, I've just had my first urologist actually just just on Saturday. Uh, a local urologist has said and quoted my research paper to say there has been new information provided and this is a treatment now. And any physiotherapist in the whole world has an ultrasound machine. The parameters that I devised are based on case studies from stemming back from the 1950s, 60s and 70s. There was just not a lot of work done between 1983 and now 2020. So... We've got, you know, an opportunity to help early treatment to prevent all these sequelae of clinical depression and relationship breakdown and potentially suicide. And you know what? Movember is all about this very important um, issue. And um, I reckon we've probably spoken enough. Did you have anything more to add, Melissa? No, I just want to say thank you very much for coming in. We really thank appreciate you so it. Much. Thank you. Really thank you appreciate so what you've done. I'm so inspired by the youth of today and just the way you, you all chat to your mums and share stuff. It's it's just brilliant. So, yeah, just big heart to you guys. You've been awesome. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so no much. Thanks so much. tell you about a boy who lives inside me. He's been there all of my life. Dr Joe here. Thanks so much for listening and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. We aim to release one podcast per fortnight so please keep in touch so you know when new podcasts are being released. Also be sure to check out the show notes below so that we can all keep the conversation going. Campfires and birds, smoking bark in a cubby up a tree Try to ignore 